This is the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. The sports world was rocked to its core today when U.S. and world heavyweight boxing champion Molander the Mauler Johnson, a 6'4", 267-pound male brawler from the south side of Chicago, announced that he will be changing his gender identity next Friday for about 48 hours so that he can compete in the Women's World Boxing Finals. The Mauler, who is currently 28-0 with all 28 fights resulting in knockouts, one total paralysis and two forced cases of early-onset Alzheimer's due to blunt force trauma, said that sometimes he looks at Shania Twain and thinks, Man, I feel like a woman. He will be changing his name from Molander to Yolander, like Yolanda, he says, but ending in er instead of uh, you know what I'm saying. In order to prepare for the transition to womanhood, Demoller Jackson said he will be eating some yogurt, drinking some chai tea, and might try to go find a bikini to wear around the pool. Jackson said he looks forward to being free to change into the bikini right there in the girls' locker room so all the girls can get together and compare pectoral muscles and, of course, boobs. An entire university soccer team is voting today on whether the entire team wishes to identify as female so that they can compete in the collegiate soccer games later this year in the women's category. Their current counterparts, the actual women's soccer team, has had a losing record for the past 11 years. The men's team said they just want to help out. Meanwhile, in the worldwide sport of bicycling, a rider of a Kawasaki Ninja 1000 modified track motorcycle claims that he should be able to use his Ninja in the Tour de France later this year because he identifies his 1000cc crotch rocket as his bike. As such, he said, identifying the bike as a bicycle makes it a bicycle and therefore it is fair and anyone who calls him out on this is bike-phobic. He has reached out to the Tour de France officials who say they are ready for the legal challenges to come. Meanwhile, controversy is building for the 2024 Junior Olympic Games as three-time collegiate marathon runner is claiming to identify as a 14-year-old. The fastest man alive, Mabuko Indafanteradulium, says that he feels much younger than his 24-year-old body, so he wants to identify as a teenager. He says he sees nothing at all wrong in running the 26-mile grueling overland marathon race as a teenager, but he is, of course, the same Mabuku who protested an earlier marathon race where a man in a modified Jaguar SUV easily bested his overland time by five hours. Taking a look at the national news headlines, a man in Connecticut is under arrest for impersonating a police officer. The 47-year-old yet unidentified male had a police uniform, a modified four-door sedan with lights, sirens, and a police scanner, and was seen responding to a crime scene when he was identified by actual police officers. While being taken into custody, he said he was simply identifying as a cop, and that's okay because other people can identify as the wrong gender or the wrong race. Speaking of which, a Caucasian man in blackface, dressed in black jeans, a black hoodie, wearing a COVID mask and sunglasses, was arrested after allegedly robbing a Pennsylvania bank on Saturday. He allegedly presented a teller with a misspelled note demanding, quote, all that cash, and shouted for everyone to, quote, get on the flow, in an Ebonics accent. Police said he was attempting to fool them by identifying as black, and in his defense, he referenced several other people who incorrectly identify as races or ethnicities other than those assigned at birth. 
He cited examples like Elizabeth Warren, who pretended to be Native American, Rachel Dolezal, who pretended to be black, Bubba Wallace, who pretends to be a NASCAR driver, Barack Hussein Obama, and of course the guy who changes nationalities everywhere he goes, President Joe Biden. That's a look at the news. Let's step over to weather. In weather, it's summertime, which means it's hot outside. That's it for this edition of the news. Back to you in the studio. I just want you to know, I was raised in a neighborhood where I felt self-conscious my name didn't end in O. Uh, and I want you to know, I'm the only non-Italian named the Man of the Year by the Italian Society. And I, when I got the award, I said, everybody wanted to know what I was going to say. So I was thinking about this. And I named all the guys and families I grew up with. And Donato, anyway, went through the list. And I said, I was thinking about it. I deserve this award. <laughs> And, uh, but I, I may be Irish, but I'm not stupid. I married Dominic Giacoppa's granddaughter. So I want you to know that, okay? So be nice to you. That was your president, Joe Biden, as a meeting with the Italian leaders in the White House became eerily awkward. First, Joe Biden held on to the hand for an inordinately long amount of time with the female leader, and he whispered things that we still haven't been able to determine what exactly it was he was saying. The look on her face was one of shock, surprise, and possibly disgust as she tried to fake a smile, a diplomatic smile, as the groper-in-chief held on just a little bit too long. He also tried to make her feel like he's Italian. And this is the same president who says he's every other nationality he comes into contact with because he does not know who he really is. Your president, Joe Biden. Meanwhile, the woke joke Disney folk are now starting to show their true colors. A person named Surav Chakaborty writes, Amazes me how little they care about the people. Fans are in disbelief as Disney starts fighting back against SAG-AFTRA and Writers Guild of America strike by using artificial intelligence. After weeks of distasteful development around the use of generative artificial intelligence and wage differences which led to a double strike in Hollywood, studios have quietly started pursuing means that could turn to the worst fears of our creative writers. According to recent reports, companies like Netflix and Walt Disney have started hiring artificial intelligence experts and researchers who could actually go on to replace entertainment the way we all know it. This came as a shock to fans worldwide, as well as actors and writers who've been on strike for a considerable amount of time so far this year. Many actors came forward to express their growing concerns about the technology of artificial intelligence. Brian Cranston was the most active voice. However, this new development hints that the struggle is perhaps only beginning. What I must say in the beginning is, what about all those college people that are getting their college loans forgiven by Joe Biden going into the field of artificial intelligence? We have to find them jobs somewhere, so why not woke broke Hollywood? The hiring spree of AI experts came as a shock to the television and film industry fans who claim they can't believe the big studios would try to fight back against the strikers by doing the very thing those strikers' protests seek to end. It's like a slap in the face, one guy said. The use of artificial intelligence has been a matter of sci-fi books and films throughout almost all of our lives. 
but the rapid development in generative AI over the past year has made many questions about the future implications of AI forefront. Not long after, there were questions about how the technology could actually replace real people from their jobs. Twitter was all abuzz with how can they do this to us. They did it to themselves. Greed. These writers in Hollywood think they're worth millions and millions of dollars. They're just people doing what I'm doing right now. Typing something down onto a script so that myself or someone else can read it later. And if an artificial intelligence computer system can do the same, so be it. Can you imagine if the Wagon Wheel Manufacturers Guild of America decided to go on strike after the invention of the automobile, when wagon wheels were hardly used at all anymore? We'll show them they're going to put automobiles with rubber tires on the road. We'll stop making wagon wheels. All that did was make the automobile that much more appealing to people who didn't want to see people go on strike. What's even more concerning to some is Disney is not the only one going through with this evil, sinister plan. Studios like Sony, Amazon, and Netflix are reportedly trying to boost their AI-based workforce in what could be a scary transition in the future. As of now, SAG-AFTRA, the Screen Actors Guild and, uh, Guild, rather, and WGA, the Writers Guild of America, remain on strike, not making any money, while the AI is out there doing the job for basically zero dollars. I did my little bit early on in the program about the transgenders and the fake people pretending to be men and pretending to be women and pretending to be black, pretending to be Native American, etc. because I wanted to put a point across. The publication GB News has a writer named Sam Montgomery. And with a name like Sam, it could be Samuel or Samantha, so we don't know. And we really don't care. It could be AI Montgomery for all I care. The article is entitled, Trans Swimmer Allowed to Undress Next to Biological Women, and the females who complained were told, quote, get re-educated. Former teammates of the transgender boy pretending to be a woman, Leah Thomas, have spoken out over their discomfort at having to undress next to her, quote, 18 times a week, unquote. A highly contentious issue in America's culture wars is the debate over transgender participation in women's sports, and it has spilled over from the pool to the locker room. Addressing the U.S. House of Representatives Judiciary Committee on Thursday, Thomas's former teammate and NCAA Division I swimmer Paula Scanlon told lawmakers that complaints throughout time have fallen on deaf ears. Scanlon said, quote, My teammates and I, all female, were forced to undress in the presence of Leah, a six-foot-four-inch-tall biological male with fully intact male genitalia 18 times per week. Some girls had to opt to change in bathroom stalls, and others went in to use family bathrooms to avoid him gawking at us. When the teammates raised the issue with the university, Miss Scanlon, a biological female who identifies properly as a biological female, says that they were offered counseling to, quote, re-educate them, unquote, with the intention of making them, quote, feel comfortable with the idea of undressing in front of a male, unquote. Addressing the committee meeting called the Dangers and Due Process Violations of Gender-Affirming Care, Miss Scanlon said, quote, to sum up the university's response, we, the women, were the problem, 
not the victims. We were expected to conform, to move over, to cover up, to shut up. Our feelings didn't matter. The university was gaslighting and fear-mongering women to validate the feelings and identity of a male. Leah Thomas is a guy and previously competed on the male swimming team and wasn't very good at it. So he, a failed male, decided to transition and began the process in 2019, joined the team in 2021. Competing in the men's team during the 2018-2019 season, Thomas ranked 554th in the 200-meter freestyle. He ranked 65th in the 500-meter freestyle and 32nd in the 1650 freestyle. In other words, nowhere near podium contender levels. But in the 2021 to 2022 season, his rankings improved when he pretended to be a woman. He still was only in fifth place in the 200. He was first place in the 500 and eighth place in the 1650. Thomas became the first transgender woman to win an NCAA swimming title at the Ivy League Penn and was nominated, ready for this, NCAA Woman of the Year in 2022 as a result. Looking back, Ms. Scanlon told the committee, Leah formerly had personal best times in every freestyle event that were faster than the women's world records. Today, any discussion maintaining the sanctity of women's spaces is now labeled transphobic, bigoted, and hateful. What's bigoted and hateful is discrimination against women and the efforts to erase women and our equal opportunities, dignity, and safe spaces, she said. This hearing came after another swimmer, a real woman, Riley Gaines, expressed the opinion to Fox News that the National Collegiate Athletic Association should create separate locker rooms for transgender athletes. I say it should be completely transgender events where trannies only compete against trannies. Riley Gaines is a 12-time All-American, five-time SEC champion. She reflected on her discomfort at being exposed to Thomas's junk after meets. She said, we were not forewarned beforehand that we'd be sharing locker room with a dude, with Leah. We didn't give our consent. They didn't ask us for our consent. But in that locker room, we turned around. There's a six foot four inch biological man dropping his pants, watching us undress as we were exposed to his male genitalia. Gaines added, quote, not even probably a year, two years ago, this would have been considered some form of sexual assault or voyeurism, unquote. And that is absolute truth. And it's disgusting. Over in Texas, a resident is warning about purchasing a Tesla amid power grid struggles after waiting over an hour to simply get to a charging station. So this is why I tell people not to get an electric car. This car that's standing right here is not even on the charger because none of these work. They don't work. And these are what you call the DC chargers, the fast chargers. And it's only like, it looks like it's multiple, but only really three cars can charge on this thing. So they want everybody to go electric, but only three cars can charge at a time. And it takes an hour and a half maybe for a car to charge, okay? So say for instance, if I got here and they were charging, I would have to wait an hour and it takes an hour and a half for me to charge. That means that's two hours and 30 minutes of my time wasted. So now I have 45 miles into the MP and the next charger station is 16 miles away from where I'm at. And if that doesn't work, I'll be fucked, okay? Fucked with the... You tell them, homegirl, you will be effed. 
That is only one of the problems. Can you imagine, and right now I believe in Texas, less than one and a half percent of the vehicles are electric. Can you imagine if it just goes to 10%? The anger, the vitriol, the hatred. If you have to sit in your car for that entire hour and a half because you're worried that someone else is going to pull up, unplug the charger from your car and plug their car in for a while, and then just leave it lying on the ground, you come back an hour later thinking your charge has gone up 20% or so, and to find out it hasn't gone up at all. And on charging stations where you have to pay, it's going to be tantamount to gasoline theft, only it's electricity theft. Oh, it's going to be like the wild, wild west. No thanks, I'll keep my big old honking diesel truck and my gasoline-powered cars. I have no desire to screw around with the joke of electric cars in America. On an earlier edition of the Truth Hurts program, I mentioned a headline in Parade by Alani Vargas, why flashing the OK hand sign is not OK anymore. Partly due to the internet, the article begins, and partly due to the negative impacts of humanity, innocent, innocuous, or nonsensical signs and symbols are often co-opted or changed to fit hateful agenda of certain groups. According to the Global Extremism Symbols Database, and yes, there is such a thing, anything from numbers to religious symbols have been taken by hate groups and twisted to fit their beliefs. These symbols include, of course, hand gestures, including the OK sign. It's supposedly now a symbol of white supremacists, so much so that in a recent DC United soccer match, a trainer was fired for flashing the OK sign. On July 22nd, according to NPR, the DC United soccer team announced that they had fired their athletic trainer because of a hand sign he made in a photo published on their social media platform on July 20th, the day before. The head athletic trainer who made the alleged discriminatory hand gesture is Reed Whitney, according to the Associated Press. The official statement by DC United and Major League Soccer says they have a zero tolerance policy for hateful actions no matter how small. So I guess if someone deems something offensive, it's automatically offensive, right? Wrong. According to the statement, there is no place for racism, homophobia, misogyny, or discrimination of any kind in our sport and world, and DC United do not tolerate any acts of this nature. In a different case, also reported by the AP, two players, Taxi Fontes and Nigel Roberta, were put on administrative leave due to an investigation by Major League Soccer for possible violations of league policy. We don't know if those two are related. So what is the OK hand sign? The new allegedly discriminatory hand gesture that Whitney was fired for was the OK hand signal, according to NPR. An organization called Sports Manor posted the alleged photo which shows the fired head athletic trainer flashing the OK hand sign down low in between his legs as he sits in what looks like a group photo. This is the hand gesture where you put your index finger and thumb connected to form a circle. Sometimes people use this gesture to peek through like a magnifying glass. Other times it's used to pinpoint something in the distance like the sun or a boat or something else. And it's commonly used to say, OK, gotcha, correct, thank you without using words. With that said, according to this website, Whitney flashing the sign down low in a group photo is a weird place to use the OK hand gesture. 
So you might be thinking to yourself, that's an odd reason to fire someone, potentially thinking that the okay hand gesture is not discriminatory. However, like all good things, stupid people have spoiled the meaning of this once wholesome gesture. The race-baiting Southern Poverty Law Center reported in 2018 that allegedly white nationalists were using the OK sign as a white power symbol. Supposedly the Proud Boys and other alleged white supremacist right-wing groups started flashing the gesture in TV broadcasts or in photos as a slick way of sharing what they think is a hateful message. With the growing popularity in the hate groups, NPR reported in 2019 that a Jewish civil rights organization, the ADL, added the OK hand gesture to their hate on display database, which includes symbols meant to signal hate or discrimination. I see black people putting a fist in the air with their fingers facing forward. To me, that's a hate gesture. How come that isn't banned? Oh, that's right. Double standard. OK for thee, but not OK for me. According to Oren Segal, who was the director of the Anti-Defamation League's Center on Extremism at the time, now he's the vice president of the Center of Extremism, the misappropriation of the hand gesture started on the outskirts of hateful internet chat rooms, but has spread to more white supremacist groups to twist the gesture's meaning in a more mainstream way. Segal did say that context is always key, and acknowledged that more people still use the OK sign to just mean OK. But if you think it's racist, it's automatically racist, right? He says in cases where there's more underlying meaning, he thinks it's important for people to understand that it could be used and is being used for hate as well. Well, here's mine, buddy. Okay. Okay. My fingers are in the okay position, and I'm not saying white supremacy. I'm saying screw you and your imagination and your lies about the racism that really does not exist in this country except in your hate-filled minds. The ASUSA website writes, the UPS union strike has been called off. So how much do UPS drivers make per hour? The current five-year collective bargaining agreement is scheduled to end July 31st. Union members have been pre preparing for potential strikes and they finally reached an agreement. Currently, the union claims their drivers on part-time basis were making as little as $15.50 per hour. But I thought $15 an hour was what everybody wanted. The union says those who work part-time are the most vulnerable to exploitation, claiming that part-timers earn an average of $20 per hour after 30 days. Under the alleged terms of the tentative contract, union workers for full and part-timers will receive a $2.75 an hour raise this year and $7.50 more per hour by the end of a five-year contract. The new deal provides for a higher starting salary for part-time workers from $16.20 to $21 per hour. It eliminates a lower-paid category of drivers and gives them regular full-time driver status. The deal effectively creates 7,500 full-time jobs and provides for filling 22,500 open positions, making it easier for current part-time workers to become full-time employees. Currently, the starting salary for the full-time drivers of brown trucks is $18.75 an hour. It goes up to $19.50 after a year. It goes up to $21 at the end of 24 months, $25 an hour after three years, and that's per the truck driver's salary index. Local drivers 
earn $23.82 an hour with the highest average rate sitting at $37.06 per hour. And rumor has it they're going to finally get some air conditioners in those dark brown trucks. Well, hey, they're trying their best to overcome Joe Biden's inflation over there at UPS. And now that UPS has knuckled under, I guess they'll target FedEx or DHL or one of the other driving companies and everything will go up in price. The Daily Digest publication has an article entitled The Next Pandemic Might Come from U.S. Cow Meat. According to a report by Harvard Law School and the New York University, the next pandemic could originate in cattle farms in the United States. They're already planning it. They're plotting it. They're putting it together. They're going to need it right around election time, the Democrats will, just like they utilized the last pandemic to sway an election. The report was led by NYU's Center for Environmental and Animal Protection, and it says there's a lack of health checks in commercial farms where millions of imported livestock come into close contact with each other and their handlers. So what? People have been handling livestock for the the entirety of time. Why is this any different? There's virtually no regulation of on-farm raising of animals. There's limited regulation of slaughterhouses, but it's extremely inadequate and it's getting worse, said the director of Animal Law and Policy Institute at Vermont Law. Zoonosis is the transmission of infectious diseases from animals to humans or vice versa, and it's nothing new unless you're Dr. Fufufufucci and the NIH doing gain-of-function research. That's what led to the influenza pandemic, HIV, COVID, monkeypox, and many others, according to the experts, and it's going to keep happening. It's been happening since the dawn of time. Then they start with the gloom and the doom and the fear-mongering. While pandemics are inevitable in a globalized world, people tend to think that they only originate in poor countries or on the Asian or African continents where there's often unsanitary practices. However, Americans who think it could not happen here may be in for a deep, dark surprise. Regulations are loose and interactions are so frequent that a virus or other contagious bug could easily jump from animals to humans sparking a potentially deadly outbreak. The role of globalization has led us to erase the natural boundaries of disease. The lead author of a study, an expert in law and animal policy, is Ann Linder. You may never have heard of Nipah, N-I-P-A-H. It's a virus with a 40 to 75% mortality rate, and it comes from a bat. It's the reservoir of virus that spreads easily and kills profusely. Never heard of that one? Don't worry, they'll find a way to bring it here. Two factors increase the dangers of Nipah. First of all, pigs are especially vulnerable to the virus and it's easier for the infection to spread from pig to human than it is from bat to human. Nipah has stayed primarily in Asia, but now they're saying it could spread here to the US. And they claim that 150 out of 196 people with Nipah in Bangladesh died between 2001 and 2011. There are others, dengue fever, which comes from mosquitoes. There is also the Zika virus, you know, that made people's heads extraordinarily small, another mosquito-borne pathogen. Following that, they're claiming that the deforestation of the Amazon rainforest is a pandemic 
causing issue. The West Nile virus, one of the other bad things that came out of Africa and ended up here in the United States. For 300 species of birds have been shown to be infected with West Nile virus from sparrows to pigeons to magpies to finches. If a mosquito bites the bird and then a mosquito bites the human, the infection can spread. There's also Nile fever, not to mention Lyme disease from ticks. There's Ebola, an African tragedy. Like everything else that comes out of Africa, it ain't worth a damn here in the United States. And of course, there's the warning of the diseases that we don't know about that might be yet to come, just in time for an election here in the U.S. Well, that looks like we're out of time for this edition of the Truth Hurts program for Friday the 28th day of July 2023. I guess the next time I'll speak to you will be around the 1st of August. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next time. If you like what you hear, please tell a friend. If you don't like what you hear, who cares? I apologize if you are offended, but I retract absolutely nothing because I speak the absolute truth here on the Truth Hurts program. This program is copyright 2023, the Truth Hurts program network, all rights reserved. Background music courtesy of Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program is pre-recorded. Thank you for listening to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. I apologize if you were offended, but I retract nothing because I speak the truth. Background music courtesy of Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program is pre-recorded. Copyright 2023, the Truth Hurts program network, all rights reserved.